If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Live on Four Legs Podcast and on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. It's one of those shows that it probably uh, we started started getting organized maybe sometime last year, but it seems like uh, kind of waiting a lifetime for this one. And uh, of all the places in Chicago, uh, certainly of all the places we've been fortunate enough to play, you know, uh, start off at the Metro, uh, play the Regal Theater. United Center, Soldier Field, that was nice too. But this is definitely uh, not just the crown jewel of Chicago, but in my opinion, the, the crown jewel of the whole planet Earth. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. Featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. everybody now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and welcome again to wrigley month yesterday we had a really cool special episode with our guest Stephen hyden talking about wrigley 2013 and now we're back again to cover the set list so randy sobel here john ferrar over there and it's a three-man booth today we had back chris buckley hello everybody what's going on who's excited to do this hello hello i'm yeah. very excited this is Oh man, this this one really stands out in my head. What a day this was! As anyone who <laughs> is a fan, or was obviously if you were there, I mean, this was truly one of the most memorable day, memorable not just concerts, not just Pearl Jam concerts, but really just days, you know, of, of your life. It's just there's so many, yeah, there's so many, so many amazing going on stories here. from this yeah. day and. Right, right, and I, I, I really feel I, I, I feel bad for you, John. First of all, because <laughs> unfortunately, you're a third wheel in this conversation. So hey, I'm, I'm going to get my chance maybe... next week and the week after. But yeah, I mean, oh, of course, talk about of course. talk about the anticipation, like leading up a couple of days before. Like, what were you guys thinking? Like, well, it, I want to go back yeah. a little further. I, I want to go back to like the anticipation back in. February when the show mm-hmm. got announced this felt like the biggest show and granted they had played the PJ20 yeah. that's nights. what I was going to say it was like PJ20 uh, all this over this felt again. like the biggest yeah. right right but this felt even bigger than that because you know the ties 
between Eddie and the Cubs, and you know what the significance of Wrigley Field and being there and mm-hmm. the history. It's a hundred year old ballpark. Like there, there wasn't a better connection. Like you know, you think of. Other bands like I don't know Billy Joel playing at right. Yankee Stadium or or City Field, like that connection with artist and the location, it couldn't have been any better. So I actually I, I didn't even have tickets until maybe uh, May. Um, uh, the the girl I went with, she had a friend who dropped, and I was the first one she asked, and right away I'm like, yep, get a plane ticket, I'm, I'm out, yep. And I, you know, it was one of those things where I, I felt like I, I was destined to go yeah. no matter what, but, I mean, this was so highly anticipated. I, I, for, what, what about your perspective on this? For, for me, yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, when it was announced, it was just – it just made too much sense, you know, with Eddie and the Cubs right. and being, you know, the Chicago guy. It, it just was like it was meant to be. It was destiny and, um, you know, the fact they're only playing one night. It's It was just like one of those things you felt like you couldn't miss it, you know, when you're a super fan and, and you just – you know, you're so devoted – to them, and especially having gone to PJ20, it's like, okay, well, I, you know, coming from New York, all right, I've traveled now into Alpine Valley from Long Island, New York, like, I can go to Chicago, you know, it'd be a little bit easier right. <laughs> than having to go all the way in the <laughs> middle of Wisconsin, uh, but it was, like you said, just one of those things, like, when it was announced, it was just like, I have to go to this, you know, I, I have to go, right. I have to go, I can't, I can't miss right. this, and luckily, I won a pair of tickets on the field level, not literally on the field, but field level, you know, stadium seats right behind the first base dugout. Uh, my dad and my uncle and I actually Which went. Which is almost exactly where I was. Right. So we have right. exact, the exact same perspective, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yep. So we flew there and you know, just like at that point, um, you know, my birthday is actually July 18th. So it was a day after my birthday, July 19th of 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had just turned 19 and everything, and like I said, like just like having traveled to PJ20 for the two nights, it was like one of those things where you, you get all excited just to travel, you know, just to be able to like you're making like this oh, trek yeah. to go see your favorite band and everything. And there really was a lot of anticipation. I mean, just all through the spring and into the summer, and you know, getting knowing as we get closer to my birthday, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go. This is gonna be amazing. And we went, and uh, you know, the trip was was fine going there and, and just being at the stadium. You know, I, it's funny. I'm like, I've seen this show there now. I still haven't seen a game there and I'm a huge baseball fan, big Met fan, but I, you know, I don't dislike the Cubs at all. And especially, you know, being a Pearl Jam fan and having a little more appreciation because of the ties with Eddie, et cetera, and having gone to the show and just being a baseball fan and going to Wrigley Field, it, it was incredible. I mean, it's, it's just it's like a, a place special, you have to go. It's a special yeah. moment. It really, really right. was. And right. to be able, it's knocking one off the bu- yeah. bucket list and to sure. be both a huge baseball fan and a huge Pearl Jam fan and to be able to see them there, like I said, you just you had to make it happen. You had to go. So luckily, I was able to go. I got the two tickets, and the seats were really good. Um, I mean, you know, we'll get into the show itself, but there's a like we said, there's a lot of things surrounding the show. You know, outside of just the set yeah, list that just... are talking points here. And I remember, right. like, and there are certainly moments in here that that are very important that you know we'll get to in the, as far as the set list construction and things that went on and whatever, but. Um, for, for this show, it really feels a lot, like a lot more of it for me personally, I, I, I feel like it just has to do with like the personal experience kind of a thing. Like the things that are outside of the set list are, are what make this memorable naturally, just because of what uh, yeah, happened. Yeah, a hundred percent. This you was, know? 
this was less of a Pearl Jam show and more of a Pearl Jam spectacle. Yeah. This is how I, yep. I, I see the whole thing as being one combined entity. It's not right. just like you go you go to a, a basketball arena show and it's just the show. No, this was this was a full a full fledged experience. We were there for the weekend. We got in uh, that Thursday. I believe it was a Friday show, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he mentions so, it too later in the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. We got in on the Thursday and immediately we're just like, okay, we're we're just so stoked for this. Let's go. Let's go check out what's going on around the field. Let's 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 go wait in the merch line just to do something. So wait in the merch line and they're just playing sound check. I've never heard a sound check before. So this is to me, this is building up the anticipation even more and some of the stuff that they were doing in sound check, like B girl, which I, I was like, Whoa, if they do B girl, this is going to be an epic night. This is. And at the time B girl was almost never played. Uh, they've brought it back a lot more since, but uh, they did speed of sound. I believe in that sound check, uh, they did Mother, which obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get to talking about a lot more. And, and the other thing that kind of popped out at me was they did sort of an alternate take on Daughter, which it was just they kind of started at the bridge and did the bridge a little bit differently. I don't know if that was something that they were just rehearsing from the bridge on or if they were attempting to turn the song into that because they kind of jammed a little bit before that bridge and and it was really interesting i was really hoping that that would make an appearance yeah they didn't even play it didn't no it was on it was on the list of very very many but yeah it's funny before they'll put the they'll sound check just a part of a song to just try one thing maybe maybe someone wants to try something different or something but yeah that's i think that's pretty common that's cool though it's funny because yeah. I remember just uh, yeah, like one of these things that I've kind of coming back in my head now thinking about it. I remember online, like everywhere, people were posting. There was like a, I don't know if it was real or like it was maybe it was the sound check. Like there was like 45 songs on it or something. Do you remember this? Or it was like 50 songs. Uh, it was like a, it was like a mock no. set list of like what they might play, but it was like exactly like Eddie's writing and it was like, huh. did so, maybe like someone leak it or, you know, something. He, it was right. almost like a he was like a practice set list that he was working up, you know, for the moment, for the I big mean, show. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because yeah. the actual, what came to be the actual set list itself, which I think we'll get to this later when we really it get would into have been longer. that set discussion. Yeah. It would have even been longer than what we thought because I, I discovered something from Danny Clinch's website that had even more songs on it. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those like little uh, slits of paper on the amp next to the original set list that looked right. like that was you know written probably before they came out and did the encore. And there were a couple more songs that that were that were placed there, but you know that's a little t- bit of a teaser for later. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of. I don't remember that specifically, but I remember just everybody and, and the idea of the night being that this is going to be the most epic Pearl Jam show of all time. Yes. They're going to play. They're going to go through their back catalog. They're That's going to play what I'm every saying. Hit. Yeah. And, yep. you know, it, it, it had that vibe. And, there, you know, it's not an exaggeration when I say like this list had like 40 to 45 songs on it. Like it was like, OK, this, like you said, is going to be the most epic to dig thing. that up. Ever, yeah. I have to. We maybe we could try to do a little 
internet digging. I mean, but yeah. yeah. I, obviously, it, it obviously it, was it a was little probably, unrealistic, but yeah, I yeah, still think it would have been. If a John long can set. copy Ed's handwriting, then I, you know it, it's it's not too difficult. <laughs> right, right. So. <laughs> but we get to the day, yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say, like, for those of us who weren't there, like we we mentioned this before we started recording. I remember there was like a City of Chicago weather camera or something, some kind of like municipal camera that was near Wrigley Field. Someone found it and posted it. So I remember logging up. It was like, I don't think it was Facebook, but maybe. But you were, you could go on this website and watch this. You were just watching the sky. Like it was no, it was just a video of the skyline of Chicago, but you could hear the band playing. So all of a sudden, like they have thousands of people watching this. I think it ended up crashing a bunch of times. I don't think it lasted the whole show. But that's just an example of, like, those of us who weren't there, I just had a memory of, like, this was such an event that, like, yeah, if I have to watch, like, a, a weather camera, like, outside the stadium to hear some of it, I'll do it. That's right. What it this was. was before the live stream became popular. It shows they weren't uh, doing Facebook live stream or right. per- periscopes at all. So, yeah, I, anything that you get can get your hands on for a show like this, absolutely. All right, let's talk about the actual day itself because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where you stayed. I wasn't close to the north side. I, was, I wasn't actually uh, staying in the city. We and, stayed outside of the city somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but it was, it was closer to O'Hare. So yeah, no, that's exactly where I stayed too. Yeah. Like at a hotel that it was probably like a twenty minute subway ride to get to the train. Yeah, to, we rented a car, I think. Airport. But yes, it was yeah, it was like twenty twenty minutes yeah, away. I, I wanted to make sure that travel for this va- uh, vacation for this experience was the easiest part of the experience. I didn't want to have to <laughs> and the irony. Yeah, we. I know, I know. We laugh because travel. Was a nightmare. It was the uh, worst part of the whole Taking day. the subways there are awful, <laughs> and thankfully, uh, I didn't. I didn't have any trouble with with uh, getting getting home and back to the hotel at the end of the show because I, I had some help there. But um, yeah, You're just lucky. taking those subways were just just brutal, uh, especially from from around where I was. But yeah, go in. I think I got in at like. You know, no later than noon, one o'clock. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I was there first, before that. First thing you, yeah, first thing you do, you just kind of take in the sights and smells, and and you know, you find out, you figure out where you want to go and grab a drink later. But you know, first, uh, you know, the the first priority is go get on the merch line. Yeah, and this isn't your regular old merch line at all this was which and i think this was really the first time outside of maybe pj20 that they really did merch like this because there were four posters they were about a bazillion shirts they were uh, there was everything that you can imagine um hats i i don't think they really did hats before that yeah maybe a little bit but i you know i remember the the green and yellow and the the blue the blue and red caps but um there was really only one merch line from what i remember and yeah you were basically stuck on it the whole day and you might not think it because of the weather situation that was going on at night but it was the hottest day i i'd ever lived in my life it was absolutely scorching <clears throat> so we i fact we actually left new york that morning like very early that morning it was like a six something flight 
but we that is you know, we got there but, right. you know, overall pretty fast. So right away, this was like the longest day of my life because um, I was basically we you know we were up basically over twenty four hours straight by the time it was all said and done. We'll get to that. But we once we flew in, we landed, we went to the hotel, quickly dropped their stuff off. We go down to Wrigley. I would say we were there by maybe I don't know eleven the latest around there for argument's sake it was like 11 o'clock um luckily we my my uncle knew someone that was also at the show and the guy was actually on the he was like the four this guy's i mean this guy's nuts he's just like us he's insane but maybe even crazier he was like on the line at like he was like the fourth or fifth person on the line now i have Jeez. pictures here um that i'm looking at i just pulled these up um, I, it's the line, the merch line. I actually took pictures of the merch line because it was so long. I, it was like, I was just stunned how long this line was like wrapped around the corner out behind, oh, yeah. out behind like where the home, pl- like home plate of Wrigley would be. So the, the, I think the actual booth, the stand would be what would be down like the third baseline side of the stadium. Um, and it wraps around like where home plate would be and then goes back down toward like the first baseline. So that's what we're, that's what we're talking about here. And this was at, like I said, like 11, 12, you know, 12, like noonish. Um, but luckily this guy, we, we didn't go crazy. We got like the one poster, a sh- like a shirt and a bunch of stickers and like a couple sweatbands, but the guy was able to just get what we needed and we just paid him because the guy was there. And, and like you said, it was so hot. I mean, it was just. Like, people yeah, were, like, walking around unbearable. just, like, dying, like, drinking water. It, it was just unbelievably hot. And it was – and the, yeah. the irony is it was so beautiful during the day, at least, you know, sun-wise, like, and rain-wise. You know, there was no rain. There was, like, barely any clouds. It was, it was a very nice day, but so hot. Um, but we were lucky enough that this guy was able to get our stuff, so we didn't have to worry about staying on the line for hours and hours. And You know, the guy was done basically right away. So we really got lucky um with that stuff but i I mean i totally i can't imagine how like hot you must have been just waiting on that line um all day in the heat yeah Yeah, so i I can't remember specifics of it but yeah Yeah. it it was not fun brutal i think i went through two or three bottles of water but it's like one of those things you feel like you just have to do it like you got to get your merch for the show you know how else are you gonna get it of course so and unfortunately, I, I get to the front of this of this line, and and you know, you, wherever you are, stuff's in the line, gone. Yeah, yeah, you're always like getting on your tippy toes, and and you're you're looking. Do they still to have see, this? Do they still have posters? That? And then the worst part is when they take the poster that's off the wall and yeah. they roll that up. Yeah, and you know that's like, it. Yep. Shit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you know what? I need something. I get up there, and and the shirts are just are just trash. Right. So the only shirt that I was able to get was the, the mind your manners logo with the, uh, the dinner plate. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got that one and I'm like, all right, I'm satisfied for now, but you know what? Let's see for later when, when we go in. So, um, we meet up with, uh, with Steve who's been on the show before he was on the show a couple weeks back. We meet up with Steve and I think we were at either bleachers or the cubby bear and, you know, just seeing everybody. And I, and I just, I felt at that point, like I, I had some Pearl Jam street cred almost. I hate, and I hate that term, but like I was able to kind of bounce off of people and not feel disappointed that I only had a very small amount of shows to my name. I had eight shows at that point. So, you know, talking to people about my experiences wasn't, you know, wasn't as bad as, as it was maybe a couple of years before that. So yeah, I think this is my fifth, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting to talk to people about, 
everything just how many shows they've been to what they've seen what they mm-hmm. you know what eras and and it was it was nice to be a part of something i remember seeing right. uh, like a family of and i say family because it might not have been with kids but like maybe brothers and sisters all wearing the same shirt and they must have been from Cleveland because their shirt said Strangest Tribe, and it had all of the shows that they had been to on oh, the back cool. of it. Yeah, it's a good And idea. I think there was a Cleveland Indians logo on there. So, um, you know, it was just, just cool just to see how people from all walks of life, this wasn't just Chicago people going, and, and we experienced that at PJ20. This was everybody from around the country and around the world wanted to be at this show. And that's how important it was to people. Right. And, you know, and it's just, it was amazing. You know, Uh, just the anticipation, like I couldn't, I I was in the happiest zone. I think I'd ever be, I'd ever been in before getting into the building mm, that night. Yeah. I was very lucky. I got the Cracker Jack poster, um, I got the skull baseball t-shirt when I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys have seen the logo yeah. with like the threads oh, hanging yeah. off of it. Um, and then just, mm-hmm. like I said, a bunch of stickers and sweatbands and, um, or wristbands, whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very happy that I, I got that Cracker Jack poster, but after we dealt with the whole merch situation, we took that time to kind of walk around, you know, my uncle and I had never been to Wrigley Field before. We just walked around. We did like a full loop. You know, we started at the one I, merch stand and just kind of walked. You just have to take it all in. All the yeah. way around. Yeah. It's, you know, stopped at, Mur- at Murphy's and, and the, you know, walked outside the Cubby Bear and whatever and just taking pictures of everything. And it was just so cool. Just just such a cool experience and it, it makes me now thinking back to like I really have to go to a game there. Like I obviously would love to see the Pearl Jam there again, but I yeah. just really want to go to a game there at at some point, you know, once it's ready to, you know, we're, we're able to travel again and everything. Of course. But um of course. yeah, just that the entire aura really of of the stadium and the you, people walking around, it was just it, yeah. it was like a big celebration. I mean, it really was and I think it, it almost like ha- that it was one night, and I think they built it an evening with Pearl Jam, right? Uh, yeah, it just it just had this feeling. It was it was weird. It was it was hard. It's hard to explain even now. And little did we know what was going to happen. But like you said, it was just one the kind of of experience and the kind of moment where you just you never forget it like you never forget forget that yeah. feeling leading into the show and how much anticipation and, and, and people were just so excited the yeah the there event. was a mystique about it yeah that's a good way to put it there was an aura mystique around not just the show and the band but just the sight of it and, and the the connection with eddie and people just traveling i mean from all over the place and it, it was a day. It was it was, it was yeah, certainly it really was. a day, and um, I think you know after we walked around a little bit, a couple hour hour or two later, went back to the a hotel, you know the hotel, and just kind of chilled out for a little while before we came back uh, for the show itself, and then you know we we, we can get get into what happens from there. Of course, yeah, I I, I do have a part two of my merch story, so. Uh, we get we get in the building and you know first thing we see the merch stand like all right let's rush over let's see what we can do and Steve and Sabelle stay back and I I'm just up there and I'm just like all right get anything it doesn't matter get anything and there's a thick sack of posters and I'm like that that's mm. it just 
just take whatever you can get. And they were limiting them to two per person. And they were screaming it, two posters per person, two posters per person. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what, like, I, I, I think it's because it was the last poster that was on the wall that I didn't see. Um, it was the gorilla one, the, uh, the, the purple gorilla. Uh, I didn't see that on the table. So I said, Hey, is, is that one for sale? I, I had already asked for the alien and the hot dog. So I, I asked if the gorilla one was for sale and there, they were just like, yeah. And, and they, you know, they rolled it up for me and I, and I got three. I, I don't know how that happened, but, um, I mean, I picked up a hat. I picked up as much as I could. I don't think I got another t-shirt, but, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was a hefty amount. I, I, I went home pretty happy on, mm-hmm. on that aspect, but that, that gorilla poster, there was actually a girl that was right behind me and, you know, everybody's making conversation this whole time. It's, it's hot and, you know, everybody's, you know, just, just there in anticipation. And, uh, so I pick up the gorilla poster and the girl was like, this is the one I wanted the whole time. I, can I, can I take it from you? And, and I'm just like, of course. Yeah. I I don't need three posters. Uh, so, you know, handed it off to her and she was very thankful for it. And, you know, I, I, I gave the alien poster to Steve who then gave it to Matt. And now I have the, uh, the hot dog up in my room, which I think, actually has some uh a little bit of water on it if you look really closely i think you can see the water i don't know how it seeped through the uh the poster <laughs> tube but yeah it got a little bit of water damage. Well, there was certainly a lot of water on that night <laughs> uh, yeah it was pretty much unavoidable so all right i think we're at the point where we can get to the set list but i think we uh let's get to some housekeeping first uh, first of all, I just want to thank everybody for joining in on the last fan standing that we did last week. It was a really cool event. If you uh, haven't gotten a chance to watch it, head on over to our YouTube account and it's there. It's just a bunch of people doing just random Pearl Jam trivia questions. Uh, we did, you know, we went around, I think there were 18 people and asked them uh, to chronologically name every song from every album. So, you know, somebody would say once and then even flow, then alive. Oh my God. And we went through all 139. And, That's amazing. And they were good, man. And, and I have to give props to, uh, to Kieran, uh, Kieran Finno Saunders, who he threw a perfect game, John. He really, he really was awesome. And, and he didn't get one, answer incorrect and and uh for that we gave him a little bit of a prize and he's going to pick his own show for august i believe it's going to be newark from 2010 so congrats to kieran and just i i just want to throw this out there too uh thank you to dave from live footsteps because he put a lot of the stats together for us and he he works tirelessly we we bounce ideas off each other all the time and um, i listen to things and i say hey this might not be a tag or this might have been tagged and and he's always working with us to to try to get our name out there so i really i want to i want to say thank you to dave for doing a lot of stuff for us we really appreciate it and uh head on over to livefootsteps.org 
if you want to check out his site. You'll get to see every set list that Pearl Jam has ever played, and you'll also be able to sign in and create your own account and get to choose all the shows that you've seen and get to see your own stats and see how many times you've heard certain songs and uh, see what songs that you're missing from certain albums. So it's a rabbit hole. If you love the history and the stats, you'll absolutely love it. So livefootsteps.org. Thanks again, Dave. And thanks for everybody to that, that came that night and, and, uh, and participated. Uh, Also, obviously we're talking about Wrigley. Uh, John, do you want to tell people how they can send us their stories? Yeah, you can send an email to live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. That's the number four. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been sending them in. Again, we've got a lot of great ones so far. But if you've been if you've been thinking about it, if you've been holding out, uh, now's a great time. We're going to do a whole episode just covering all the fan stories. So uh, yeah, we want to cover everyone's experience and get the get the whole picture of the of the weekend. So definitely send those in. And uh, next week, we're going to have a pretty good guest on. We had Stephen Hyden on yesterday. And next week, special episode, we're going to have Dr. John Evans on. And you may. Oh, wow. Yeah, you may remember the name. You definitely remember him if you've seen the Let's Play Mm -hmm. 2 DVD. He's the guy that waited the whole entire day, (laughs) the whole entire night to go uh, to get in the front to hear release. And it's one of the most emotional fan stories that has ever come out of this band. So he's going to talk about that a little bit and i think we're nice. gonna we're gonna shed a little bit of the waterworks so we're really really excited for that and uh and even after that the weeks the weeks ahead we're getting some pretty good guests too i don't want to uh ruin the reveal for those yet but uh we'll yeah. we'll get to them in due time this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a big month i mean we've been we, we've had this month circle on the calendar for a long time so it's gonna be great but uh real quick how cool was it to see pearl jam live online last week yeah did you guys get to see that I did. I did, yeah. Um, Very trippy. Yeah, it was different. I thought, you know, maybe that they would be playing in their warehouse or something like that, but they turned it into an experience. Uh, you know, good, good for them. I was laughing at Stone, man. I was laughing at Stone. <laughs> He's just, like, standing in front of his wall. Yeah, He's just, like, you know, blank his wall. Little, his little stone, you know, sway that he does. Oh, right. He cracks me up, man. He's too funny. But uh, it was good. It was good. And, you know, you got Josh Klinghoffer in there. So that's interesting. That they included him in that. I think and they included him because he was supposed to open up for the to tour. Open. Yeah, there are people that are saying, "Oh, is Klinghoffer going to join them?" No, he's not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. And I'm not even insinuating that, or that wasn't even like what I was thinking. But I just, it's interesting to me that they did include him. It's like this is, is their that... first performance of the song from the album, from any song on the album. It's their first live performance, technically, I really since 2018. Right. Uh, it was. I don't know. Just it was it, it was interesting. I, I I was not expecting that. I never would have expected him to make an appearance. But I thought it was it was cool. I thought the song like the the quality sounded pretty pretty good. I mean, it was obviously pre-recorded and everything. And, I, yeah, uh, I thought it was actually yeah. I mean, Eddie doing things how, with the candles and stuff. And if it was that's cool, how they, they're going to perform yeah. the, the song live, I'm 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 more than satisfied because that yeah. sounded next to perfect. We have really good layering of the vocals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the end, it sounded it was very well. It sounded pretty well produced, though, for given the circumstances. I thought it was fun. McCready yeah. playing in his bathroom with the face paint. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Oh, the face paint yeah. was. Yeah, he's got his his <laughs> Jeff Hardy sessions look. the entire pandemic. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, no, I, awesome. You know, anything that you can get from the band that's new right now, I, I think we eat we'll it take up. It. So absolutely, uh, Patreon. 
patreon.com slash live on four legs. We're going to do a big giveaway this month, but we need your help. If we can get to 50 patrons, we're very close. We need four more to get to 50. So if you want to be part of the four more, you will get a gift and we want to do it before the end of July. We've got, we got a special gift that's in the works. It's so special that I haven't even told John what it is yet. There are two yeah, people. I have no idea. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, there are two people on on that are affiliated with the podcast that that know what's going on with this. It's me and Matt, and uh, Matt helped us create something pretty cool. So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs and contribute to the show. We just released a bridge school episode this past week. I think tomorrow we're probably going to put out the immortality evolution episode that's been in the wings for like a month or so. And and also I think we have some extra stuff with Stephen Hyden that we'll put out pretty soon uh, too. So, uh, you know, like, like we said with Dave, like it's a labor of love and we do this, uh, out of, out of our passion. And we, all we ask is that, you know, just help us out a little bit and we can kind of contribute to put back into doing events like we did the other day with, uh, last fan standing and stuff like that. So, uh, hit us up on, on Patreon if, if you want to help us out that way. So I think it's time to get into the real deal here, the show. So Tell me about when those first notes of release hit. What are you guys thinking? Well, I, I made a big stink. <laughs> I really made a big you? stink. The whole, you? No. Know, I, I, made, <laughs> I made a big stink in more than one way that night. Um, I made a big stink beforehand because I said I didn't want to hear release as the opener. And the reason being is because I went, I was going through this thing where I didn't want to see release ever again because it would never match my first time and it would just ruin the first initial experience of it because that was the first song I had never seen so I said they better open with Oceans that's the only thing I wanted to see I wanted to see Oceans as the opener I I must have said it a thousand times that night and they open with release and Sabelle looks at me and I believe at some point on the plane ride or, or, or whenever she said to me at some point she said they always play something for a reason and she looks at me she says for a reason remember and i'm thinking to myself oh it's chicago it's close to eddie's hometown oh dear dad won't you see us now like yeah okay i get it and from there i just kind of let it go and got lost in the moment a little bit i i thought it was awesome I, I actually it sounds really good I was just listening back to it uh, a little while ago and he he sounds really good it's a very strong version and it's just like you know that it's like they're the big opener for them a lot of the time it's a you know pretty standard opener obviously for them and to, to hear those first notes you know like you said John when, in, in the moment it's like okay it's finally here like this is it it's it's happening and it was just so you just like soak it all in it was one of those things where okay yeah we've walked around outside and now it's actually starting it's it's starting to hit home now in your head that it's like okay wow i'm i'm here they're they're playing it this is happening this is amazing and they they sounded great right off the bat so i was thrilled i, I thought it was it was it was awesome it did was you really, go really back good. did you go back and watch the the full youtube video of everything or not ever, not the whole thing. Okay. So the one thing that I saw during release was that 
Like, and of course, Ed is reserved during release, but he's really taking a second to look around and, you mm-hmm. know, almost pinching himself. Is this real? Uh, oh, are yeah. we really here right now? Because this Well, I mean, he talks is, about that. Yeah. He, he, he talks about the just the feeling of, of being like, okay, for, for me, he goes like on a whole... Like you know, one of his speeches at one point. I don't there remember exactly what it was. Many, but of there those. were there were more than one. That's for sure. And he talks at length about growing up as a fan and and you know going to Wrigley as a kid and this and that and loving the Cubs and the, all the stuff that we know. You know, we know he's a huge fan and everything. But he definitely talks. He, you're right. I mean, he's making a, a real effort to soak it in to, because to it look around. So, yeah, yeah, because it was so big for him. It felt that much bigger to everybody else. We just kind of mm-hmm. channeled his energy and we we yes. fed off of it, and it was agreed I, the whole night. It was like that, and, and I, you can hear the crowd, especially during the the first "Oh Dear Dad," where the crowd just knew they knew like that was the line right there that he he kind of almost smirked to himself a little bit, like you know, th- okay, this is this is for real. This is happening. When, when that part happened and, and everything everything that came after was just gold you know they seven songs so why don't we talk about the 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 opener set I suppose uh, yeah speaking yeah. of like this this little first three is release nothing man present tense like that nothing man and present tense just continue the same build that release has yeah I thought it was a, a fantastic opening three mm-hmm. and that sort of set the tone for the lightning bolt era because this was really the first time and it was the first time I knew any better because I didn't know about the gorge and, and the history of those shows at the time but uh, you know to get the show starting off with a couple of slow songs I, to me I'm like that's really interesting and they kept it for the whole entire year the, the, yeah. the three song slow burn so yeah I think that, like you it, said, it's it become standard. Honestly, it now, really has, yeah, for the most part. And maybe it's maybe it's due to you know not having an opener and and taking advantage of that fact and playing a couple more songs like that because yes. they have a little bit more wiggle room to play. You know, Definitely. to go on at eight thirty or eight forty five. But yeah, like it was it was a cool little experience, and you know, present tense, of course, being third I, to to me that felt like a middle of the set type song. So to get it so early and to get to sing that, you know, that, uh, that chorus and, and belt out, Oh, like that was, that was big for me pretty early here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting now with the whole last dance, Chicago present tense. Oh yeah. You know, right. The song ties in so well Uh with the city. Definitely. And it's, it's funny like real looking back now you know obviously seven years ago now and seeing that they threw this in there it's pretty cool pretty cool just just awesome just i love when songs can tie have that tie into a city and and present tense is a great one for that absolutely and then the next song this was uh, uh, possibly the, the like the highlight song wise for me at least personally in the four hole yeah, here. you get uh, hold on you, a, a rare song like this early on, you know you're in for something special. Yeah. Did you guys know the song? I did. did you, I absolutely were know. Were you familiar knew, with it? I was. I was. I was very familiar with it, and I really liked it. And it was one of those songs that I came across and dis- discovered and took a liking to. Because, I, I mean, I, you know, my first show was 2010, so I wasn't a huge, d- deep, you know, lifelong fan at this point. But 
it was like one of those songs that I came to enjoy when you're going back and like looking at all these rarities and, and songs that are, you know, as you're discovering the band, right? So this was one of those songs that I came across and really liked a lot. And I just, I love the riff. I, I, you know, I play guitar. I was like learning it on guitar and I just, I just thought it was such a cool song. And I love, I love that it was an old song and it's like one of those original songs that, you know, was not popular. It's obviously a rarity, never on an album, main album or anything like that. But, um, like you said, it was like to get this after that opening three run to start everything out. It's like, okay, they're, they're really gonna, this is going to be amazing. Probably the highlight for me, except maybe, uh, you know, the opening one up to after the, after the delay, which we'll get to, but, uh, song wise. Yeah, this, this was huge for me. I loved it. I, um, I hadn't dug as deep into the lost dogs at this point. I, you know, obviously knew a ton of the lost dogs, but it was one of those things where if I hadn't experienced it live yet, it didn't hit me in such a way. So that, that, the back end of the first disc didn't really hit me. I think Undone, after a while, was the first one that it was like, okay, like I'm getting a little bit more familiar with that song, but it was one of those things. Grammy and Whale Song were very late on that album, and after that, I just kind of, my interest sort of faded out, and if I wanted to listen to Leadbetter, I would just skip ahead. I think Hold On was the, the, the song right before Leadbetter. So it was one that didn't really stick to me, and, and I think from that point on, I had never went to a Pearl Jam show and not known a Pearl Jam song unless it was uh, a wow. debut of some sort. Really? So you didn't even yeah. really know this? Like you didn't know? Uh, not, you might have you might have heard well. it once or twice, but yeah, uh, like, I, def- I definitely really know heard it. it. Yeah. No, yeah, because I, I I I think <laughs> I asked Sabelle what it was, and and she was in shock because you know she's she's a lifer kind of kind of deal. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't have that oh my god moment to it for me I was just kind of mm-hmm. just taking in the moment as uh, as it was but uh, yeah I, after that I, I love the song and I would love to hear it again I would love to hear it definitely you know, them play it the sixth six time so mm-hmm. hopefully so we our next three here before the delay it seems like they're settling in for the long haul it's just the three little mid tempo songs we don't really get a little punk rock section here, but you no. get a great version of Low Light and then come back in uh, Small Town. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think that they definitely tailored the first part of the set. They knew what was coming, and I think they probably looked at the radar and they probably had a conversation with security saying, all right, you know, what can we do? I, I, I really think that the first seven were tailored to be in that spot. I think this was planned all along because first of all, why wouldn't they do all the way in that section? Why would they keep, you know, Ernie Banks, who's like 85 years old. Why would they keep him there for a two hour rain delay? Like that just doesn't seem fair, but I I think that was the plan the whole time to play uh, all the way afterwards. So I, you know, um, it's interesting, and, and it's interesting that they're all kind of like mid-tempo, some sing-alongs, and, and you know, they, they don't – you're right. They don't go into punk rock territory, but like like we've said with Low Light and some of the, you know, the stadium shows where they play Low Light right when the sun is going down, that 
that was that. Like, that was perfect for that moment. I think they just missed the sunset. But, again, like, it, it still felt like the right moment. And, you know, uh, it, it addresses the crowd after low light. And, you know, you sort of get the sense that, again, he's just speaking just like he's he's in a dream. And he says it's the playing Wrigley is the crown jewel of not just Chicago, but the entire planet Earth. So but he addresses the weather, too. And mm-hmm. that kind of freaks everybody out. You know, yeah. they, they play yeah. like all throughout comeback. I was just thinking to myself the whole time, like, what the hell's going to happen? It what just got darker and darker. The, yeah. the, the clouds were rolling by, but they were rolling by very dark and right over Wrigley Field. So right. it was bad. Right. <laughs> so there was there like a tension like around you guys? Like, yeah, could you feel I, the I felt it's funny. It's funny that Randy says that like that when Eddie Mensch started talking about it, it was like, mm, that's not good. Like if he's talking right. about it, that, it's, it's not good. Yeah. And it's like, what yeah, do you cause... do? Like, what do you do? Like, you're there. They're the, 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 it's happening. You've already started. It was, uh, <laughs> God, that was the w- absolute worst leading into that. Yeah. It really was just, uh, what a nightmare. But then, but then, like, you know, they, they do, they do come back and they do elderly woman and elderly woman really gives the crowd, you know, just one more chance to just sing along with the band before, uh, before they go away for two hours. And, you know, it, it just, it, it at least it was it was disappointing, but it at least felt like it just added to the mystique that the epicness of the night that you you know you knew that this was going to be a night for the ages, but now they could legitimately play until two in the morning. That's what everybody was saying. Like, how long is this going to last for? Mm-hmm. Are they going to make up all of that time? Because you would think they went on at what. Seven thirty, probably. Yeah, around there. Yeah, because the and then sun it, was it still was, going down. It was two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, I wasn't sure if the delay was within two or three hours. I want to but... say they started back up at wasn't it like eleven fifteen or like eleven? It was past eleven. It was past yeah. eleven. It was like eleven fifteen sure. or eleven thirty, somewhere around there. My, yeah. So, are we going to talk about the? Is this where we're going to talk about the delay? I guess. Is well, this a, I want to mention too. Cause yeah. It's, you guys mentioned that he he mentions the weather before a comeback, and it's and it's almost like oh it's gonna be maybe five or ten minutes yeah and he comes back and oh it's gonna be maybe half an hour yep. half an hour yep yep right so right they really you, didn't know. were you guys keeping up because you had cell phones like you have internet so that so were you guys keeping <laughs> I mean, up with was, their people it, around going well, like well that's, oh this could be bad that's see that's part of the story for me at least so this was like I had no portable charger you know battery portable battery i didn't even have a phone charger which was so dumb i mean i learned my lesson on this night for the rest of my life Uh, no charger on me the phone my phone battery wasn't great i had turned my phone off just to try to preserve it and by the time doesn't help like by the time they came back on after after the delay my phone was dead which was that was it i mean like that really really just screwed me and my uncle the the whole rest of the night his phone died there's no outlets nothing i mean if we if, even if i wanted to check the weather i i couldn't because i didn't want to like r- lose whatever battery i had left on my phone so now it's like in today's world where you know we have like i i would be smarter I, I, yeah like i'd be checking the weather and everything but like you said he really wasn't he didn't he wasn't making it sound that dire 
at first. And then it was like, okay, you know, we're watching, you know, we're working with that, with the, you know, the people here and we're going to figure it out and whatever. And, and then eventually once, once, I mean, once you saw the rain and everything start, I mean, it was like, this, this is not going to go away anytime soon. Everyone's just kind of like sitting around in the tunnels like finding any spot that they could just find a place just to like squat down or like you know lean on like a, a on the wall or whatever. I mean, it was just everybody just crammed in the walkways and everything, and the bathrooms were tight and it was hot as hell. It was so humid and everything was wet and oh god, it was. Thank God I didn't have my merch there. I mean, it would have been. I don't even know what would have happened. You know these posters and everything, but I mean, I, it was not an enjoyable experience at all that rain delay yeah, for me you, you it know, was I, horrible I, I guess in my eyes i kind of thought like why would they you know if the rain wasn't here now why would they stop now like and i wasn't i guess i wasn't savvy enough to think you know well it's lightning hey, this is too. part of the preparation well it's lightning too like because it's not right, just right. the rain the rain they can pretty much deal with right. really it, Right, the, you know the they were worried about the equipment and, and yeah. all of that. You know, there's there's lots of safety concerns, but you know, I just thought to myself, like, it's not raining just yet. Like, I, they can get away with this. Like, they they can they can push this a little bit. So, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really remember what else was my mindset. I, I don't remember. I'm not like really a weather person. I'm the kind of person that looks outside and says, okay, this is what it is now. And I don't really care what it's going to be later. So I didn't really worry about that. Maybe Sabelle did. And she was on, she's usually on top of that kind of thing. And she brought ponchos with her. So, you know, kudos to her. Cause we had those at PJ 22 and you know, we would have, we would have died without those. But uh, yeah, I, I remember, I think we stayed in our seats for the first hour of it. And there was a point where I just said, you know what? I got to go to the bathroom. I got, I got to get out of here. Cause it was just raining that bad. I had to get out of there. And it was probably one of the worst mistakes that I ever made because I didn't get back yeah. at all. So, well, yeah, so it know. seemed like it, it seemed like it got real when Ed hands the microphone over to the crew person. Yeah, who talk, Pete who the says, security. All right, we're going to have to we're going to have to evacuate. We're going to have mm-hmm. to get everybody out of here. Yep. And you're going to like it's a testament to to this crowd and the band and the fans that that no one was hurt. That's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you would have thought yeah. especially in the GA section there just would have been a stampede. Well, there was when they said that you you could go back. Yeah. Everyone yeah, there's so a, there's a about, video. Yeah. yeah, well there's a video, yeah, talk right? About what, talk about what you did then talk about what it was like. Uh, getting back, or w- w- when the word got out that they were going to restart. Yeah, well, for I thought the most interesting well, for us, thing Randy, it was it was fine like for during... us because I mean we had seats, right? So oh, yeah. that that part yeah. wasn't a problem. But I do remember watching those people running, running toward the rail, like but flooding we, the we field. We got caught with we couldn't go back to our seats, even though we had seats. We couldn't go back, right? Uh, during you know when when uh, like we were with the rest of the people on the field. Mm-hmm. And we weren't allowed to go back to our seats, so that made for even more of kind of like just a panic, and just everybody was was just screaming, and they were chanting like you know "Go Cubs, Go" and stuff like that. Uh, but like the thing that I remember the most is is just the, like the line to get food, and they yeah. had nothing. They had nothing they, left. It took they, them. They, they ran were not out prepared of, for yeah, this at all. They ran out of beer. They ran. Mm-hmm. They ran out of. Honestly, I think they ran out of water. 
I'm pretty sure where I was, the, they ran out the of water. Only th- the, when I got up there, the only things they had, they had soda, were French fries and, and water. I was able to get tap water, and that was it. Yeah. I, I, I got to the point where, had. like, you couldn't get anything. Everyone's phones was were dying. And the problem for me was, like I said, I'm with my uncle, but my dad was at the hotel. He just kind of came with us and drove us back and forth, and he just came along for the ride. We had no way to communicate with him, which then became an issue mm. after the show, which we'll get to, that there was no way for me to like figure out how we were going to get back to the hotel. He had no idea where we were, had no idea that the, the concert was even in a delay, or had no idea what was going on. So it was more of like, in my mind, I'm, I'm like stressing about how we're going to get back. Right. So not only, you know, we're all the way here in Chicago, the band's not playing now and who knows when or if they're going to come back on. I have to figure out how I'm going to get back to, to to the hotel somehow. Um, it was just the, God, I, like I said, I learned my lesson for life that night being just always having a charger and everything. And, and like you said, Randy, I mean, Wrigley was not prepared for this at all. No, uh, concession no, no, wise no, 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 no. and it, granted listen it's an old old place the the there's like very little extra room or areas with, to with sit with all of those people i don't think that there's been that many people in like a corridor like that there was probably like 500 people just yeah. waiting to get back onto the I mean, field in this small little area like i don't think there's ever been that many people there at once just right. standing there. I mean, John, uh, when yeah. I say like lining the walkways of like the different levels of the stadium, I mean people were trying to find any little spot of, of like a piece of like the bricks of yeah. like the brick walkway just to try to like mm-hmm. sit down for a minute just so we weren't standing. I mean, I remember Im- looking impossible. out behind me, like looking out behind me where my uncle and I found out like a little bit of like a dry spot to kind of just like huddle and just kind of like kneel down like catch our breath for a moment i remember looking out behind through like a a hole in like the fence that was behind me out onto the street and people were leaving people were leaving and it was still pouring rain and people were like you know what screw this i'm uh you know i'm out i who knows what was going on so if you if you stayed there i mean we i did and how long do you remember it raining for it felt like it was around the hour. It started out where, like I said, it was the lightning. And there was lightning, definitely. Right. And oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's like, why was... they first came off. And then, yeah, it rained. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe like an hour-ish. But it, it was the lightning was the issue. But they weren't going to bring people back out while it was still raining. That was the thing. So even though it may not have And it took them rained, a while after yeah. the rain stopped to, to bring everybody back on the field. And that's where sort of the distress and the panic came in is yes. that they just held these, you know, 500 people in the same spot. They held them there for like mm-hmm. 45 minutes, a half hour, and, and there was and then, no rain and people were screaming at security yep, guards. Trying to get back to their spots. Uh, and people that were probably yeah. not on the rail when the show started ended up on the rail by being able to get back there once they allowed everybody to run back, which caused a lot of yeah. anger. I know. Yeah, I know that people had issues with that in 2018. Yep, the, the same. Yep, it's like the same thing all over again. So, so were, were they making mm-hmm. announcements throughout? Like they were putting. Weren't no, they putting things they on the screen? The, I don't. I thought whenever the, it was just whenever they just let people on and and 
and that was it. I, I didn't. I don't remember. I thought they were putting things on the like the monitors, the, the big gigantic screens next to the stage, like on the left and right uh, side of the stage. Yeah, I, I don't specifically remember that. No, I don't know. No, I just I, remember I, I'm, I'm not once, positive. Once, once they once they backed up and and they let the whole crowd through, it was it was like it was a sta- it was full on stampede, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to make it out of the stampede and back to my seats. I was I was mad that I was lumped into that situation, even though I had seats. But what can you do? That it's, it's safety precautions. It, it was just it's, so insane that they were restarting the show after a normal show would have already ended mm-hmm. like that was the crazy yeah. part and it was such a long day for me already i mean like i said i flew in that morning woke up super early back home in new york and, and we flew there and it's like midnight now and they're coming back and they're starting and it's like now they're gonna even almost feel like more motivated to play longer because everybody waited around <laughs> it's like i love them but like oh my god now, just, did you guys consider leaving? Was there ever a part of no, was like no, maybe no, not one, not this. one minute, no, not one minute. Okay. I didn't know. And <laughs> looking back, if I would have known then what ha- was going to happen after the show, I, pro- I think my uncle and I both would have left, even though we were all the way there. Because I mean, Jeez. we'll get to that, but it was just the absolute longest day ever for me, and I'm sure it was for a lot of other people as well. And yeah. I mean, it, it, listen, I was, I'm so happy, obviously, that I went and everything, but, like, just, I will never forget just, like, sitting there and how hot it was, waiting for them to come back, and, and everybody just, like, huddled together, and it was crowded, and no one could get and any water right, or anything. It was just... The seats were drenched, so yep. you didn't really want to sit down because you were already drenched, and... It was like, a mess. Yeah, pe- people were... People were ha- like they were excited when the band came back on, but they were also for the first few songs they were still kind of miserable. Yeah, from what I remember, yes, yes. like they were still just like this is disgusting and and you know yeah this is great that Pearl Jam's playing Wrigley, but I would rather be anywhere but here. I'd, I'd let's let's move this to the United Center, one hundred percent, that kind of deal. But I, I think once. It was really, and, and I'll get to the point, but there was a certain song that really felt like it was the Kickstarter for the second leg of the show. So why don't we, why yeah, don't we, we start get getting back in? Three hours later. You know, er- Ernie Banks used to, he used to say, uh, let's play two. Yeah. Um, I think we can say, let's play till two. So he just comes out with the acoustic guitar by himself. And then, like I said, this is almost like a little preset to the second part. And you get uh, all the way about the Cubs, get the Ernie Banks section. Uh, so was that like you mentioned that people were miserable? Did that did that get a good reaction? Oh, 100%. oh, yeah. And especially, I mean, Randy and I are obviously, you know, we're baseball fans and everything. And it was just so cool. It was when he walked out and he had his old glove and everything, yeah. and, they, and he had the ball, and he's, you know, moving his hands. I'm keeping Ed's glove. <laughs> yeah, it was, was a strange moment, but kind of cool. I, I, I didn't know what to think of that. Yeah. Uh, but, but just having him there and singing the song, and it, what, I mean, what a moment. It was it was pretty he, surreal. He, he needed something to bring everybody back. It was, let's oh, get everybody yeah. back to a sing-along. And, and I mean, you made the guy wait around. Kick, let's kind of get this thing warmed up again. Just how to 
someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. We are one with the cause, with the cause we're in love. Yeah, hold our heads high as the underdogs. We are not fair weather, but far weather fans. Like brothers in arms in the streets, they understand. There's magic in the eyes, in the old scoreboard. The same what I said as a kid keeping score. In a world full of creed, I could never want more. And someday we'll go out of the way. I think for me in that moment I was I was just jealous um I was jealous that the Cubs had a fan like this that was so passionate because I, I, I like there are Met fans that are celebrities and like Seinfeld and Chris Rock and people like that but uh, like they're Met fans are comedians they're not musicians and they don't have there's no anthem for the Mets you know, I felt in that moment, I felt really jealous that the Cubs had this and I wanted to be a part of that. So maybe for those, for that 10 minutes, I felt like I was kind of a, you know, an adopted Cubs fan. And, I've, you know, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, you kind of felt because Eddie was such a Cubs fan that you kind of felt that same you know, uh, respect for, and I've, I've always felt that with the Cubs as well. And you know, one of one of the things, that, and I, I was going to bring this up in uh, Stephen Hyden's episode. One of the things that's interesting for the three years, 2013, 2016, 2018, because it, it writes a really good book of what the Cubs kind of like their success story. Because 2013 was they were bad. Yeah, they were. Not they were good. bad that year. The only two players that were consistent players that were on the World Series team from 2016 were Anthony Rizzo and Jake Arrieta. So wow. three, three, four years later, and they're a been completely different year. team. Yeah. It had to have been, and, and it had to have been. I think it was before Baez got traded from Oakland, and uh, Chris Bryant was still in the system. So mm-hmm. yeah, they were they were a ways away from things, but. You know, 2016, they played the show, they win that year. And then 2018 is kind of the icing on the cake when Tom Ricketts brings out the World Series trophy. And, you know, it's kind of the celebration from the previous years that they were there just kind of waiting in anticipation. And then they finally return and they're champions. I I thought that was a cool little beginning, middle of an end chapter of the Cubs with Pearl Jam. And, uh, you know, again, their legacy with the city is just it's just beautiful it's amazing yeah definitely but yeah, we'll see how they do in this little shortened season yeah. that we're gonna get here i just think like i said as a baseball fan that was and we've talked at length about the connection for eddie and the city and the stadium and him being a fan and everything but just from a baseball perspective to, to see him come out and when he's singing with your favorite band and he's it was it was just awesome it was such a cool moment at wrigley field it was 
it's like hard, it's really hard to describe honestly how cool it was because it's just like it, he he is Mr. Cub. I mean, he's Mr. Cub. He's yeah, the, to, to he's me, the man. I, I get I get I get chills thinking about it because you can literally say you were in the building and you heard Ernie Banks say it's a beautiful day out. Let's play too. Yeah. He he said he said usually I come out here and say let's play too, and he kind of keeps going on. And I'm just like. Ernie Banks was here and he said, he said his line, like that's fantastic. And unfortunately two years later and he passes, he passes before the Cubs got to win Mm -hmm. the world series. And, you know, I, I just think that it's just, I was lucky. I was lucky to be there, you you know, in front of, in front of history, in front of somebody that really, like he said, welcome to my home. This is my home. And I'm like, damn right. It is your home. Like you, you're the, you're the king of this place. Absolutely. And, you know, and just hearing him say things like I can eat here, I can sleep here. I can wake up and and see the grass like that to me was just, ah, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't, I can't speak any more fondly of that, but also in this little speech uh, before uh, getting into the song, Ed does come up with the classic line. Uh, usually they say it's a beautiful day. Let's play two. But today we're going to say let's play till two. And <laughs> obviously I think that was going through a lot of people's heads at that mind, like yep. how long they would play and everybody be, or be allowed to play, oh, play till two. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, you guys There's so much iconic, banter like almost every time he talks it's, yeah it's become like the stuff of legend right <laughs> right especially so you get this uh, show yeah so you get two-thirds of the all trilogy you don't get all or none but they go into all night and then do the evolution here mm-hmm. and again this is this is the mccready section yeah it was a good kind of wake wake people up and realize that for the first time you're at a rock and roll show and all right, let's, let's get people pumped. I, I still, I didn't feel that fullness from the crowd yet. I think they were still waking up a little bit. Um, it really wasn't until like two or three songs later that you can, you can feel the crowd, but you, you hear doing during do the evolution. It's a great moment where, uh, the crowd does the, whoa, whoa, whoa and Ed just says like South America style. Yeah, you can do it. And I, I love that moment. to all those great moments from the Brazil and Chile shows that the, those crowds were just absolutely insane. And, we're going to get to some know, of those in our Around the World series later in the year. Oh, right? for sure, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd, it wasn't that they were, weren't up for it, but I think there was a boost that comes in a little bit after this. I, I mean, it was, I was just, I just, my only thing is, like, it's so appropriate that they played all night, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> got all night, got all night. <laughs> and also, I was at the show, so that makes makes it even <laughs> yeah, more perfect. Exactly. Was this the first of your five? No, this was okay. like, 
uh, I don't know, like probably four actually. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like I said, great McCready stuff on All Night End through the evolution. Uh, then, then it gets us to a little site with Setting Forth leading into Corduroy and Faithful. And a cool extended version of Corduroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the that's, that's the boost for me. That was at least for me when I felt the crowd engage. And it was in that part where after the bridge where they just continue it, it's extended. And and the whole crowd in unison thinks that it's the everything has changed, absolutely nothing's changed. And they sing the whole thing while they're still jamming. Mm-hmm. And then they continue jamming. And this was really the birth of that. so naturally i was just about to say that was this the beginning of this yeah yeah and and ed uh you know they they kind of the you know they quiet it down a little bit and then ed gets back on the uh, on the mic and and he does he does that line and you sing it again and they jam a little bit more again before getting back into the chorus like that whole like there was so much to anticipate and i think there was so much excitement that they were doing something unique and different and and it being corduroy like literally their best song uh just made it feel like yes this was this was worth the whole entire wait mm-hmm. this moment right here that's the first that's the first time where I, where i really really felt it. yeah i now you said I, I think you said it perfectly i completely agree it was that it's it's interesting looking back now because that seems to be the more common version of corduroy now where they go into the little extended middle part yeah yeah and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah yeah so but when they do it without the call and response and they just they just keep jamming and let the crowd just sing that whole entire part and they don't it's they don't even acknowledge that the crowd is singing it they just keep going like sometimes ed will kind of almost like play a little bit to what the crowd is doing but the crowd was on their own plane and that's what sort of made this amazing and it felt like kind of everybody was in unison uh just all in it together sure it was just well, that, awesome that leads I, I into faithful too i want to mention there's an, just another iconic speech where it talks about his brother going around mm-hmm. seeing everyone and how like the fans kind of turned it into something beautiful it was almost like they kind of recaptured the magic that they had lost during the delay. So it makes me think about all the people that have been around Freedom Bill in the last couple of days. Uh, and waiting 
Uh, and my brother was out there and he says, you know, these are just great, great people. These are people that, you know, you want to hang out with. And uh, to see you out there hanging out together and coming to this place to see and experience it together means a lot to us. And I know we're just a band, but what you do, you've kind of turned this regular music and a regular group into something, because of you, it's something beautiful. And we just want to thank you for that. It was really that whole weekend, it was all about community. And, you know, from the minute I stepped on the plane, uh, I remember talking to Sabelle and saying, like, what songs I wanted to hear. And some guy comes from behind me, he's like, they won't open with oceans. And, like, just, (laughs) it, it, it felt, yeah, like, it felt from the minute that everything happened and and even to when i got off the plane i saw a girl a a younger girl she must have been like 15 and i saw her carrying a poster tube and i'm like oh this is this is so cool like you know there's such an awesome connection there uh and uh, you know yeah it was really it was the community aspect and and i think it was the the shared love for both the band and sort of the respect for the history of of the stadium that it just made for two beautiful things to meld together just amazingly so we we get into ed says you know we're gonna play a new song and you get a little uh, little tease of the new record, a little Mind Your Manners and Lightning Bolt. What do you guys think of these new songs? Well, like I mentioned on the Stephen Hyden uh, episode that we did, that I think it was two weeks before the show, they announce everything. They announce the you know the Lightning Bolt tour. They announce yeah. the album. They announce uh, they they release a song, and you knew like there were chirpings that something was going to happen. Everybody was anticipating it, and then once it hit, and you're listening to the song, and it kind of felt like I love I love per- Punk Pearl Jam. You know, a lot of people feel a little bit differently about Punk Pearl Jam, but uh, to get something like that that felt like it was back to real dead Kennedys and bad religion roots. I was like, if this is what the album is going to be, I'm sold. I'm totally in. And I was so, I was so fired up just to get new music at that point that I was, I was really, I was anticipating more to come from this show and, and we got it. And, you know, mind your matters while being played at the show, obviously the second time being played, uh, you know, they're, they're gearing up, they're gearing up. So I, I think when they go on the lightning bolt tour a little bit later, they, they figure it out a little bit more, but this was a little, a little off bit of, of a version, but again, yeah. when you're there, you just don't give a shit. Right. I, I think, yeah, you, you, you said it right where by the time the actual tour is starting, it's tighter and just sounds better overall. But I remember being, I remember enjoying mind your matters a lot more than lightning bolt at the time. I remember, being like, okay, I like the faster one. I, I don't know. That's just how I felt at the time. I and, and I when they played Lightning Bolt, I was immediately smitten. I was I freaking loved that song. Yeah. 
remember going back to the hotel and I went straight to YouTube and I listened yes. to that that whole yes. weekend maybe maybe 50 times I yep. listened to that performance yep. because just the chorus was so catchy Mike's little like surfer riff uh, going going back into into the verse was was awesome I, like and, and it just made sense that they would play it and the lightning happened even Ed said it yeah, you know, the, wow uh, right. you know we're we're kind of worried that the lightning happened and you know we're coming out with this new album is is an omen of some sort but uh, it, I I just I, that first reaction to it the instant reaction was I loved absolutely loved lightning Bolt. yeah I think at this point now both songs have kind of I'm like eh, whatever I'm I'm like over not over yeah, them but right. it's at the point where I'm I'm not you know running to listen to those two songs they anymore, feel like at they the feel time, like 2013 to me a hundred percent yeah I I just felt. In that time, I think I was just more like attracted to to, this, to the Mind Your Manners sound sure. at that point. Sure. Um, but yeah, they were both they were both good. I mean, Lightning Bolt w- was catchy, but you're absolutely right in the going to YouTube part. I did the same exact thing. Uh, I remember looking. I think like the next day. I mean, or that night, whatever. You know, people were posting. The, the videos that they took of, of you know, a live debut, a new song, and everything, and people were, I totally remember doing that. That's funny. It's so that. special to be a part of that moment, too, that, you know, a, a new song gets played at Wrigley, and the crowd responds the way it did, mm-hmm. because the crowd was really up for it, too, and they, they were rocking out to it, and obviously we'll get to another debut a little bit later in the set that I don't think had that same reaction, but, um, I, yeah, it kind of builds to the whole epic part of where this set lies in, you know, the, the Pearl Jam lore. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, so they, you know, as as they're prone to do, they're going to back up the new songs with some classic ones. So you get a little set here with State of Love and Trust, Wishlist, and Even Flow. Yeah, I think, the you know, this is pretty standard, and I think it was all kind of just... How many songs can we get into the main set? And you know, uh, as far as flow goes, it was it was fine uh, and get the hits in. But the one thing that I do remember most from these three songs is just in wish list where he says all of Wrigley's hands are raised. I you know whenever he goes back to you know connecting to the stadium on this night, I just I just think that you know we're we're in for a night of legend like that that to me always had staying power. Mm-hmm. I just, they just played so fast. Wishlist. He, 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 oh, yeah. he just strums so damn fast. It's like, I don't know. It's well, one of those songs that this... I like it. And I, I really like the studio version. And I like the old live versions, but God, it's just so fast. It's like, why even play it? If you look on that, know. that massive set list that, you know, everybody goes back to that had about 40 songs on it. Mm-hmm. It, it says in parenthesis, it says short after wish list. So I think that was one they wanted to get it on there for whatever reason, but they just wanted to get through it. So, yeah, uh, you know, they usually play it like that now, but I, I don't know if like that was just kind of the thing from the main set. Like, let's see how many we can get in here before time is going to run out on us, because we'll mm-hmm. get to that a little bit later too. time would run out essentially run out on them and it made for a little bit of awkwardness but right. uh yeah i mean you know 
uh, after Evenflow, they make some jokes about, uh, you know, how Ed didn't know that McCready was left-handed, uh, and they made some makes that solo more testicle impressive. jokes. Right, right. They made some <laughs> testicle jokes, and uh, he he said, "Oh, the the Cubs the Cubs should sign him because he has four balls. So he gets <laughs> when he gets to the plate, he walks right away." I'm like, all right, like that's. <laughs> Come on, man. We get it. You're dad Ed. And, and yeah, like that was not one of his best moments. That was after bottle of wine number three or four, I think. It's your so. retelling of it that makes me laugh more than the actual joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we would normally put it in here, but we'll just let we'll just let Randy's version. Randy's indifference and disdain for the joke is what's making me laugh more than the joke itself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought the uh, I thought the even flow solo was was worthwhile. It was definitely noteworthy. It's not didn't seem like they were going through the motions. It, it kind of made me take notice a little bit when Mike got going. Yeah, look, you know, Mike was in two songs later. Mike was really in the spotlight. But yeah, it was it was great even flow. I'm I'm not trying to discredit it from you know. I'm just saying like this middle part of the set as compared to. You know, the corduroy that you remember, the lightning bolt that you remember, and some of the stuff later that you really remember as well. Uh, you know, I, I State of Love and Trust, Wishlist, Even Flow. If you ask me to name everything front to back in the set list, I'd probably get those wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the sacrifice of just there being so many songs available. Yeah, so, yeah you mentioned, you know, Wishlist being short and then trying to cram songs in. This next section here, you look at Leatherman is two and a half minutes. Eruptions maybe a minute, bugs two minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think? It seemed like they were again trying to fit in some short songs there. Yeah, but this is this is a cool section though. Some yeah. songs you don't normally hear. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's short, but they're also having a little fun. Just something a little different here. Leatherman, mm-hmm. I, 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 whatever. I have like no opinion yeah, on that. I'm like, I'm not no, a huge Leatherman fan. fan either. Yeah, uh, even I though that's it. my nickname well, now. Send, send your emails live on Four Licks Podcast at Gmail if you're pro Leatherman. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eruption is, I mean, it's just so cool to hear Mike play it, obviously. We'd like to direct the stage. Uh, we'd just like to hand the stage over to Mike McCree. He's going to do whatever he wants.
lot of people in the crowd knew that that he did this, and, and it really led to something on that lightning bolt tour that he would bust out way more often. Yep. That he, he did just, it at Barclays Center, hundred percent. Yeah, I remember that uh, and, I think he did it in Hartford as well. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And I mean, bugs. I mean, hey, I mean, it's the th- only been played three right. times, three times ever. And when you th- when you th- I was thinking about this, so the the for of the three versions of bugs. This is the only traditional version. Yeah, the because ac- accordion only the, Ed version. Because right, I know the, the Amsterdam version had is he has the guitar, just the guitar, uh-huh. and the Philly version from the Spectrum had a uh, an orchestra. The orchestra, backing. right? So this is the actual so, real way, right here. Right, which right. Is cool. So I think I think back then, it, like Bugs was. Uh, just sort of a throwaway track for me so oh, yeah. i was I mean, just like good good I mean, god they're really doing this at that time like now i, I can I, I respect and and enjoy it a little bit more but uh, you know i think i think maybe it was just sort of a checkmark song for me i got bugs i got bugs in my room got bugs in my head bugs in my head they're raising my Bugs in my pockets, bugs in my shoes, bugs in the way I feel about you. Bugs at my window, trying to get in. Yeah, they don't go nowhere. Always waiting, waiting. Bugs on my ceiling, all crowded the floor, standing, sitting, kneeling, oh, you blocked the door, and now the questions, do I kill them, become their friends, do I eat them? I think between getting this this and hold on, talk about rarities. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty yeah, good. yeah, and maybe a couple things later that you know maybe seem less rare now, uh, but were pretty rare at the time. We'll we'll get to those though. But yeah, cool cool stuff in this section, absolutely. And then they close out this first set here with a little more of a traditional. Uh, run or I guess second set really. Uh, why go unthought known and rearview mirror here twenty two twenty three twenty four before they take a little break. To think that it's a twenty four song main set. I mean technically long, minus man. seven, but yeah, it's it is a long long set, and it just you know I, it makes me think. What if they had all that time? What if they had exactly seven thirty to eleven to work with? You know, I don't think they would have done every single song that's on that massive set list. Yeah, which had, I did pull up, but... and I think you did too, right? Did you? Yeah, pull? yeah. yeah I'm, I've been looking at it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there would have been some cross-offs, sure. Uh, yeah, like there's uh, speed of sound and other side. Oh, I think have the split hand on there. Yeah, amazing. Um, one of the things though, rearview mirror uh, really, really stood out to me. You know, we we talk about the bridges. And what the bridges sound like, this sounded like The Who. This was 100%, like, had that Pete Townsend-type, you know, yes. soaring solo to I it. I know exactly was, what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just, it kind of felt like a, 
uh, won't get fooled again or something like that or who are you it just it had that atmospheric vibe to it I loved it and you get something a little bit rare Nat gets a solo on it Although, which is yeah you insane. said the who it's channeling Keith Moon a little bit yeah and I wonder if that was kind of on the spot or if Ed said before there like hey maybe we could do something a little bit different give a little bit of nod to you know my favorite band of all time but um just he did that on even flow a lot you know middle of the 2000s but on rearview mirror i don't know if he's ever done that again on rearview mirror um but i it's one of those i remember loving the version from the show but going back and listening to it i had totally forgotten about that part and just absolutely blown away that that happened that should have stuck in my memory for much longer let me just say it is criminal that they have not released this this show with an official that mix. Is an absolute fair point. Like, I, I, it's like we, I just you're talking about like going back and listening to it, and I'm just thinking to myself how like they had so many cameras set up and everything, and like they were so prepared for this despite the delay and despite the weather. But I mean, they have they have all these mixes of everything. How have they not released this? How have I they not released PJ20? It's like what are they waiting for? I think they're holding out for either a box set or, or something at the time. I, I just think they're they're holding on to it for, for something special in the future. But Killing me. I thought Rearview Mirror was the highlight of the show. The way they do the intro, the way the, the jam he does he throws in those lyrics near the end. This is a this is a top five, top ten Rearview Mirror, I think. This is up there among among the greats. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I think this is a fantastic version. So now, encore time. Yeah, encore. So in between encores, you guys finally get a chance to catch your breath. It's getting late. Mm. Obviously, we're probably getting to. It's you know twelve thirty. Twelve thirty one a.m. Yeah. 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 So what, what are you guys thinking as as the intro? You're thinking, oh, we they they might play till two. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think it was just anything else that they did was just icing on the cake uh right. you know it, it was one of those things where i wanted more but i was so tired that if they yes. decided to stop i 
I would have been satisfied. I think and I understood the whole situation too. For for me, between my uncle really being ready to leave, I mean, he was exhausted, and I mean, I was too. But the stress. We're gonna get to your story. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But just like <laughs> knowing in the back of my mind that the getting home part is is to come, not knowing at the time how bad it was going to be, but just thinking about that and seeing it's getting later and later and knowing that it's them and they want to play and everybody's been waiting and like it's like are they going to go nuts and play like uh, it, it was becoming stressful you know and it i, I yeah. looking back it made me i don't think i enjoyed it as much as i would have it, it, if i had no issues you know looming uh following the show being over and everything and the delay just the whole day was like kind of starting to weigh on me you know mentally and it was kind of i think by this point by the second after the encore it's like really starting to like impact my enjoyment of the show to a certain degree you know so yeah but do you think that that affected your Opinion of future days, which is the first song to come out with. <laughs> I don't think so. I think when I heard this, I was like, oh, I think future my days God. affected my opinion of future days. I was like, yeah, I was like, what the hell was that? I was like, where is this? Yeah. What, what, it, what is this going to be? Like, this is on the album? Oh my God. Now, looking back, yeah, I actually I was do. Very upset. I actually don't dislike future days. And Randy, I know, I think it was just me and you when we did the garden show. Right, and we were talking that about cool that version. version of Future Days and how yeah. good it was, and we were like pleasantly surprised and like pleased with how good it was. Uh, but this version, I think, just hearing it the first time, and you do get Brendan O'Brien actually on this uh, performance. Uh, yeah, it was not anything I was that I enjoyed when I first heard it. I yeah, was like, it was a total, it was a total mood killer for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. I, I was so fired up after Rearview Mirror, after all these songs and, and everything that just happened. And this is, out of all the new songs, this is what you're going to bring to the table. Like, I just, it just felt like such a downer. And I, it's one of those songs, Future Days, I, I really feel like you kind of don't appreciate the song unless you're living it. And at the time out in 2013, I was certainly not living any life that Future Days was sort yeah. of uh, depicting. So I did not care. And I, when I bought Lightning Bolt afterwards, I barely listened to the end of that album. Just didn't really, didn't really hit home with me mm-hmm. at all. It just like okay, he's going full love song now. Like this is where we're right. at, and he's going full love, you know, family wife girlfriend song you know it's he got to that point where it's like okay this is the most lovey-dovey song pretty much you know it's like just this ver- this album's version of just breathe i guess to a certain degree. right and i always i always like just breathe i always felt like just breathe was i, I guess there was more of a connection there because you can feel it like it was a love song but it was kind of uh, there was some vulnerability, but in future mm. days it was just like this kind of it was just like almost like a poem you would write for a middle school, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, English class or something like that. It just it just didn't it didn't care for it, yeah. especially on this night. It, it was a mood killer. Just breathe has that amazing bass part going for it too. Oh yeah, of mm-hmm. course it's a little bit more upbeat and, and has those sections right. Uh, 
I just want to, before we dip into the other songs in the encore, let's talk about what could have been. So on the set list, it says future days, speed of sound slash other side, then sleight of hand, then man of the hour. And then how about the next combo? Uh, See that combo mother daughter. Yeah. Mother daughter. Right. Uh, So I wonder if that version of daughter that I mentioned before would have came into play there. And then, you know, at, at the end, like the encore two section is, I think we should wait until that because I got a lot on that, but you know, there are some rare stuff that they didn't really hit in this that would have been nice to see like other side would have been fantastic even though i think that would have fit in the hold on category for me where i probably didn't know it as well uh but yeah this this there is another set list like i mentioned before uh this danny clinch photo that i'm looking at it there's a, a smaller sheet of paper uh taped to the actual set and it says after all of these that were played in the section. Oh, yeah, I see breath, that. Yeah. Breath whipping animal. <laughs> I, I, again, what could have been? I don't know if that was written before the encore started. I don't know if that was something that they came up with before the rain delay happened. I have no idea, but it just brings more to the mystique of what uh, there, there was a lot more of what could have been at the show than what, what was right. You know, right. But uh, I think going into this version of mother, I, first of all, you got to think of the time. And this was months after Ed made an appearance with Roger Waters at the, uh, the Sandy, uh, uh, show 12, 12, 12. And that version of comfortably numb is just absolutely spellbinding. It, I remember watching it and I was in a, I was living with people that couldn't have given a shit more about, you know, that style of music. And I was watching in a trance and I'm like, you guys, you don't understand how amazing this is. Eddie and Roger are on the same stage together. Like this is the things. And they're, they're just like, when does Kanye come on? Like, get out of here. Come on. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this era kind of kicked in with a lot more Pink Floyd influence. And I like their version of Mother than I do, more than I do their version of Comfortably Numb. I feel like it has just more of a, I don't know, stone strumming on it. Just, ah, uh, there's just well, something. that line about not trusting the government, which always gives oh, a good, good response. Absolutely, absolutely. And then Mike's solo just play again, another one of those solos where he just wails on it and he gets really emotional with it. Mama's gonna help you overall dynamic for the band so well and even though mother is a popular pink floyd song it's one that i feel like kind of like rocking in the free world where they can kind of make it theirs more than comfortably numb because comfortably numb just kind of stands on its own as being you know a legendary rock song 
I do like their comfortably numb cover a lot. I do too. I, I like. I think Mother gets overlooked. That's, that's and they also haven't my... done it. I feel like they haven't done it in a, in a long time. No, they haven't. Right? Yeah. The no, last time they did it was 2015. Doing... So you got all of 2016. The show's in 2018. So they haven't done it in quite a while. It's kind of fallen off the uh, off their radar is, a little bit. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you know obviously it's kind of like giving the nod to the more popular song mm-hmm. yeah well, i think this was this was around the time that the tonight show did like a pink floyd week and they it was around the, the same time they did all night they did mother yeah on, on, on it, fallon it was around yeah. 2012 2013 mm-hmm. yeah no, it was well on t- i'm actually looking at it, it was 2011 okay after this you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into a absolutely stellar version of chloe dancer yes. and of thorns where you, you know they're they wish that andy was at wrigley field that's we talk about that they always like to bring it out when the places he he would have loved to have played. So yeah, talk about this unbelievable the, version of Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. The way that Ed introduces this as like they're you know thank you for Stone and Jeff and the guys for letting me be a part of this, and it it really feels like he is kind of tapping back into his roots and into just the whole entire band's roots. And um, I just remember one of the only bootlegs that I had at the time that of a show that I didn't go to was Toronto uh, 2011 because that was I think for free on either Amazon Music or Apple Music whatever it was so I, I downloaded it and the version of Chloe Dancer Crown of Thorns was on that show and I just remember I didn't it was around the time PJ20 came out so I was trying to understand a little bit more of what Mother Love Bone was and, and their history of it and oh man that version is just beautiful and it goes back to this and hearing it at that point because I don't think outside of that Toronto show and then an Atlanta show in 2003 I don't think they had ever played Chloe before Crown so this is like the second or third time that they've done it so but also I mentioned in the other episode that just looking around and everybody is anticipating when they're when you hear that piano part the dum 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 and you hear that and then kind of people waiting with their hands and once they get into the 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 little uh the little lick there bum bum and everybody just you know erupts and they know what's coming i thought that was just such a beautiful moment uh you know just from a crowd togetherness standpoint and you know the i think it was probably the best performance of the night and uh i don't know i don't know if anybody saw my instagram post but my dog loved it that's for sure he was (laughs) i was playing it on the tv last week and he had a uh he was sleeping and he had kind of a conniption uh twitching fit while the song was going on in like the heaviest part of the song too so you know if my dog loves it then yeah it was it was fucking great yeah it was it stood out to me even then and I have gone back and uh, listened to it before, and it really was uh, very good. And yeah, you don't always get the the duo, you know, the Chloe Dancer into Crown of Thorns. Right. So, you know, you will get your versions of Crown of Thorns uh, standing alone. So it was great to get them both. Very, very cool. And like you said, I agree 100%. They always seem to bring these out uh, anytime they play these big, important venues where Andy would have loved to play. So always cool if they do that. Very nice. Yeah. 
so we finish out this uh, little encore section with, you know, the green the green swinging balls come down and a little bit of porch blues. Yeah, um, you know, after three pretty like deep and emotional songs, uh, you know, getting porch to kind of bring you back in was was great, and I think it sort of just leads to what kind of comes after though because. Uh, you know, obviously with Porch, he's interacting with the crowd and he's he's doing crazy stuff. And, you know, uh, I don't know if he was running back and forth on the stage. I don't remember that part, but I'm sh- he was very energetic during it. But um, I think from my standpoint is that it's getting close to the end of the night and they don't have a lot of time. Like they're really on a time restriction, but I don't know if they're pa- how much they're paying attention to it because I feel like after Porch obviously that seems like a point where they would go off and, and, you know, come back on to do an encore too, but they don't. So I, there's a lot of songs that are on the set list for encore two that they don't get to. And it, the choices bother me a little bit. I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna say that I don't, I don't think they should have played Life Wasted. I don't really think that playing Black instead of Alive, I, I, I you know, you just, for big shows yeah, that's like an this, interesting you just got to go with the, yeah, you just got to go with the traditional stuff. I would have, if, if, if you're in the time crunch, I would have done this if I were them. The Wasted Reprise, because that little speech during Wasted Reprise where he says that, um, the, I used to watch the the games in black and white, and when I went to the stadium for the first time and got the smells, and got to see the grass and and see the you know the players and all that, like that reminds me of my dad talking about the first time he ever went to Ebbets Field and you know watching on TV when he was a six year old. He thought they played on concrete, yeah, and he mm. goes there and he's like, "Whoa, this is grass!" Like I didn't, I had no idea. So that. That story had a, a really nice connection to me, but you know, do that into Better Man and get like get a song that kind of gets everybody singing and riled up again because he didn't really have a chance to do that with some of the first encore songs. Like Crown of Thorns isn't that. Mother has some moments for that, but and obviously nobody knew what Future Days was. They needed an end of the set sing along. Better Man should have absolutely been in the set. Better mm. Man, Alive, Rockin', that's how you should have ended it. Uh, black, while a good version of Black, it just, it, it felt kind of like they were trying to to crush in a couple more songs after that, but they had absolutely no time at all. So it might have been just a victim of circumstance, because he says after Black, we get, we have five minutes left and that's it. Yeah. I I agree. It was looking back. I think it's one of those situations where yeah, they probably should have played alive there. Um, yeah, I mean they're just running out of time. It's just one of those things where it's hard to fault them. I'm not a big porch fan in general, really. I to me, you could have done without that. It, kind of interesting that they played the reprise and life wasted. Uh, that's an interesting choice. Like, how about instead of those two songs, just play Black and Alive instead? You know, just get rid of yeah, Life Wasted. I, I just a weird spot. It's like, yeah, like they had so many songs that they wanted to play that they're like, oh, you know what? I still want to play this one. I, it, it, it's tough. 
it's tough. It's a weird situation having so little time, but I agree that the ones that, that they did choose are a little peculiar looking yeah, back they, at it. It's it's just a little clunky. And look, they it, listening to Rockin' and this, this version of Rockin' kind of makes you forget about that a little bit because it's it's a fantastic version to close the night. I mean, you get Stone soloing in that. He sounds absolutely perfect. It was just... I mean, he gets his little moment. Everybody gets a little moment in that. So, uh, but especially it, it, for two in the morning, not bad. Of course, absolutely. And and it's that that's your moment where you're saying you're kind of you're getting your goodbyes and you're getting ready to say like this was it. This was my trip, and you know, was it worth it? Well, of course it was. We got to see our favorite band until two in the morning. Like, we'll never do that again. Um, yeah, it just it brought everything all together uh, just such a, a crazy day with so so much that went on uh, it just really you know after rocking in the free world everybody just felt like all right we did it it's we got marathon. through it all together and ed, ed said in the beginning we're gonna do this as a team we're in this as a team and it really felt like yeah if that's what it was everybody was in this together whether you were you know waiting in the corridors whether you were around other people and and just kind of channeling their energy and feeding off of it and feeding off the band every it was it was a it was a cohesive unit and it was it was a really good crowd i think by the time they started free world i was like just outside the stadium at that point okay all right so yeah. you, you're well, ready for I don't this wanna, i don't want to dismiss too because life life wasted and black mccready absolutely destroys like you see him on the black solo where he just crumples to the ground and just absolutely throwing every last mm-hmm. thing he's got into. I don't want to discount that. Just fantastic. No, you can go, go to the video and watch that solo if you get a chance. And yeah, like it just unbelievable. Like the, the way they can, they can muster up that power as a band being not young people anymore, not young men at this time right. you know and to, to channel that and be able to go till two in the mornings just shows how fan friendly and how they've, they've always looked out for the fans and how they they didn't want to leave those people without something great right know? and like Stephen Hyden mentioned there was another show in Chicago that was uh, fish was playing in another outdoor venue and that was was canceled so I, I'm gonna guess that Pearl Jam played politics a little bit better, and maybe because it was Wrigley, they had the Ricketts family on their side, like, you know, fighting for them. Uh, and, you know, that's probably how they got to play till 2 in the morning. All right, so we, we've teased we've teased Chris's story. Let, let's uh, tell us about Go what happened it. after the show here. Okay, so well, now, Randy, you said you were, like, pretty much fine getting out of there? Oh, I, it was great because Steve lived in Milwaukee at the time. He lived in Wisconsin. I don't know if it was Milwaukee. It was close enough. But um, so he drove He drove in and I was just like, can you drive me back to, to the hotel? And it was okay. it was out of the way, but it was nice. out of the way. But Steve will always lend a hand. That's right. just the kind of guy he is. Okay, so that's, he, that's... Dr- he, he drove me back to the hotel. I got back to the hotel at 3 a.m. The next day I went to a White Sox game and – Obviously, being at Wrigley Field the day before was a much more pleasant experience than being at a White Sox game because the White Sox stadium is not not great. So, right. Uh, well, but, you are very fortunate that you had that. Uh, yeah. So, what time do, was it that they like that the show ended? Was it? 
I think it was like a little after two. It was probably like two oh five or something. Like two. So basically two. So we we left, like I said, like beginning of free world. My uncle's like, let's just let's get out of here. So he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. It's just free world, whatever. I can listen to it on the while we're walking out anyway. So we we go outside. At this point, everyone's leaving. They know this is the last song. Everyone's even if they play Lead Better, no one cares. It's like we're done. So everyone's like flooding out into the street. And now we don't know where we are. I mean, we know where we are, but we don't know once you leave that block anything. And we don't know what's go like how the area is. Like, is it that safe? How many cabs are there going to be, etc. So there's this you know entire stadium of people just flooding out into the street. And we walked, like, a block or two, I think, like, south of Wrigley. And now, mind you, again, my phone is dead. I have no phone. My uncle's phone is dead. I'm sure, you know, my dad has no idea where we are to come pick us up or, or anything. He has and there no, are no pay phones around at the time. No, no, no pay phones. Uber like wasn't a thing. Lyft is not a thing. Nothing. So it's basically. I don't think, the tac- I don't think taxis were working that night. I think the taxis were off. So he well here's the thing. So there were some taxis, but like I said, there were so many people out in the street, standing on the sidewalk, standing on the corner, just trying to get any cab they possibly could. I have no way to contact anyone. To I mean nothing. So we're standing there for I mean it's it's like twenty minutes, half an hour, forty five minutes, an hour. Now it's like. 3.15, you know, it's getting like 3.15 in the morning and we have like, you know, you've, you're like you said, you're already back or whatever by like 3 o'clock. I'm still standing yeah. there. No, like literally no idea how I'm going to be able to get back because every person was like swarming the cabs, getting like there was just no way to get anything. So the subway wasn't an option because it wasn't going to take us where we needed to go. Like what we weren't going to be able to access anything that was going to help us like i we needed to just get a cab to bring us back so eventually i i think i i went up to a cop i think there was like a a a police officer on the corner at one point and i went up to her and i was like can i like please do you have a phone i could use or something and i i think i called my dad somehow i don't know she let me borrow her cell phone or something, believe it or not. I think she actually let me borrow her cell phone. I'm like, I was like begging her. I was like, please, I would never let, like do this, but can you, pl- like, I need to call my dad and, and just let him know where we are. Like, we're not from here and we have to get back to our hotel, whatever. So I called him. Uh, and then he was like about to leave, but then like right as he, right after we, I got off the phone, like we finally got a cab. Now this was like an hour and a half later, so it's now it's like it's like three thirty, and we still have to. There was like other guys in the cab with us, and it, I mean this is Ugh. you know we woke up at like three four o'clock in the morning back home the previous day, so it's like we're going on like over twenty four hours awake here in the after the the delay on the plane, <laughs> in the heat just shot i mean just absolutely shot my uncle's like falling asleep like with his like sitting on the corner as we're i'm just trying to walk around i mean it's just like hundreds of people and i mean it was just like the after the longest show and delay ever like to have to deal with this it was just i cannot even explain to you how aggravating it was having to deal with this like how there were not more cabs because it's you know it just it's not new york city i mean new york city we would have you know been able to find anything a oh, cab in two seconds there, right 
this was a totally different story. So eventually, finally, we we get this cab, and there's like two or three other guys in there, and the guy dropped like the, we had to drop them off first, and then he finally like brought us all the way back, and you know it, it was just. <sighs> I, I, it's hard it's hard to put into words really how like stressful this was because you have no idea where you are like there's no cabs it's getting later and later and we have like a return flight home at like seven eight o'clock in the morning like in a couple You're going hours back the next we, morning we, we left the next morning what yes yes because my uncle and Your my dad, dad they didn't want to stay that? yeah they didn't want to stay so oh my yeah exactly what? so so we basically went back slept for like an hour which honestly at that point probably it was but it, we were so plane, exhausted right? yeah it was like what's the point of even going to sleep but i think we both showered i think i honestly i think i slept for like legitimately like one hour like an hour and a half or something and then we got up and left and it, it was like it was almost surreal like thinking back on it now and I mean, when I say that that day, for so many reasons, is a day I will never forget for the rest of my life. That it's it's unfortunate that that's the reason why I think mostly is the the stress of trying to get back home, and like I think I remember people saying, like. I think I was talking to people at like a pre-party like a couple years later that were at the show and they were saying, oh yeah, we had the same thing. And then the the subway, there was like a delay, like one of the cars broke down or something. Like oh, So even if I wanted I I to, yeah, story, like people actually. were complaining about the subways and, and they were too mm-hmm. crowded. Oh my God. I mean, between the delay and then the stadium running out of everything inside uh in the middle of the delay where there was like no water no one had, could get any beer anymore there was no food and then you know them coming back out to play was great and i'm 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 glad that i went and it was an incredible very very memorable night but that that's the story i mean not not very exciting but like i said just to kind of put it in perspective and and to round out the situation and i guarantee you i am not the only one that that was dealing with this i mean there were people sure not, yeah. sitting on the sidewalks just waiting for a cab to hopefully pass and no i'm sure everyone else's phones were dead too and it, i like i said i learned my lesson for the rest of my life for going to concerts after that day to yep. always bring a charger a, a battery a charger. whatever it is always know how you're gonna get out of there you know like you said got through it you know thank god and and it was an unbelievable day and everything but um yeah wow N- never will forget that day that's for sure all right, so let's try to come up with uh, top three moments from this iconic first Wrigley show. What do you guys got? I think number, I guess we'll go in reverse order. I guess number three would probably be uh, Hold On, just being able to hear that and that moment. And it was just, it really, like that, it just like stands out in my mind, like thinking back on the show. Uh, that was a moment that I, I just will always remember as well. Uh, number two would be Ernie Banks coming out and the all the way thing and anywhere in the Cubs jersey and everybody singing along. It was just what a way to start the show back up after the delay, which I will say is I'm just going to put that as number one just because it's just it's so for better or for worse. It's just that one thing that will forever be associated with this show. Of really, course. and Absolutely. it's just like any time you th- I think about 
this show like that's what i think of unfortunately <laughs> you know for better like i said for better or for worse that's what's going to come in in my head and and it's what a lot of people will think about whenever they think about this show uh, as good as some of the performances were and everything else and and the you know the concert itself was really good but this is what i'm always going to remember and i i normally would try to it's you don't you're normally not in this situation where something like this would even be a factor in trying to come up with three moments for the for the night but i i have to put in number one it's just because part it's day. part of the show it's just part of the entire experience it really is of having gone to wrigley's for this show so i, I gotta put that i gotta put a number one for having endured the marathon that it was uh all right so I feel bad leaving Ernie Banks stuff off my three, but I think there were three superior performances that came out of this show that if there was a bootleg, we'd be listening to them absolutely nonstop. They would be playing on Pearl Jam radio on Sirius. And yeah, like there are three songs in here that are glued to this, to, to this show forever attached to it. Uh, so number three for me is Rearview mirror. Um, because I mean the, the epic bridge in there and, you know, uh, the, the tee up beforehand, I think John, you mentioned like, they're doing that little teaser where they get into it and just Matt kind of going crazy on the drums. Just, it was a perfect way to end what was technically a 24 song section. And that, you know, sort of put a, put a bow on everything pretty nicely. Uh, number two is Chloe and Crown of Thorns. And I think it was just the overarching idea of paying, tr using the night to not just pay tribute to Eddie's history, but paying tribute to the band's history and realizing that, yes, this is an important thing for Ed, but this is also very important for the band too, that they're on this stage. It is, you know, it has shown their progression and their evolution in their career that they can play venues like this. And obviously now we're at the point where they've played, they've played out Wrigley, they've played it five times and they played Fenway four and they played Safeco a couple of times. And it's a normal thing. And people are just like, yeah, the ballpark shows, whatever. It's not as special any, a, anymore, but in this moment, it absolutely felt like, you know, we were never going to get another show like this ever again. And, and I think Chloe and crown from that was, was just, it was an absolute spotlight. And that brings me to number one and 100% without a doubt that corduroy version is the best thing that came from this show set list wise. Uh, it was just, again, I think everybody was in that mindset of, okay, look, we got a show we got to go through, but we're still, we're still drenched. We're still miserable. And, and once corduroy hit, I really feel like it was just completely forgotten about. And we were, I think everybody was fully in it together. And again, re-singing those parts in the bridge and not knowing what the band was doing, but even though they were doing some cool stuff, it just felt, it just felt like you were a part of something special. Yeah. I, I was, my, my thinking on it is like, if you were at this show and you stayed through the delay and you stayed to the end, it's like anytime you mention that you were there, and someone else that the person you're talking to was there as well. It's like you have, you know, that there's a certain meaning behind it, right? There's yeah. a certain, like, of course, 
relation, uh, like a bond, almost like, oh, you're at Wrigley 2013. Oh, yeah, okay. Like you, you, you yeah, know, it's you're, almost like a war buddy. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. dug in the trenches together, like brought people together. Yes, exactly. Right. So that's that's how I think of it. Cool. What are um, your three, John? I will go uh, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, number three. Uh, absolutely fantastic version. I'll go release number two, uh, going back to the very beginning, uh, setting the stage, just a perfect opening. And I'll say rearview mirror number one. Nice. Absolutely. One of the, be- yeah. one of the best versions. All, I think we chose all, all yeah. very good moments for sure. The rating part is going to be difficult. And I've been thinking about this all day and I, I don't, like there's almost two ratings. Yeah. So yeah. Do you go historical importance, or do you go set? That's what I'm not sure pure. of. I feel like yeah. I feel like if you go historical performance, it's it's like tens across the board for everything. It's just of you know memorable moments and and dealing with with the rain and dealing with uh, you know what you had to deal with at the end of the show. You know, a lot of people have that experience. Uh, but it's also the merch stuff and just being around the people like that was, uh, I mean, that was a 50, (laughs) that was, that was a 200, that was a 600. It was, it was off the charts. Um, set list wise, look, they, obviously they had a lot at their disposal. There's a lot of lost potential. I think the, the, the delay really impacts what could have been and would have made the rating for this set as a whole better if that does that does that make sense like they didn't get to do certain things because they ran out of time oh yeah no i i I think it makes perfect sense and that's why like i'm very hesitant to overall give the set a 10 because there were spots in the set where it's like okay you know playing state of love and trust and they're playing why go and like they're you know it's it's kind of they got to play the usual ballpark stuff which is fine but i like if you get and other side, if you get a sleight of hand and a man of the hour within all of that too, that's where it becomes legendary. And and also the second encore, quote unquote, second encore, because they never left the stage of just, you know, not getting alive in there. I think that was a huge mistake. Not getting better man in there, really not getting a sing along at the end. Another huge, huge mistake. Um, I can't give the set itself a 10, but I can give it a 9.5. I, I I would say I, I guess like a nine. I, I yeah. I I'm not. I'm definitely not giving it a ten. I think the the highlights of of the set list get you to know, really give it a boost. You know, the hold on, Chloe Dancer, Crown, Rearview Mirror. Yeah, that kind of push it bugs. up to that bug. Like, right, bugs. People people just talk about bugs, and sometimes that's the only thing they talk about from the show. Exactly, and I I think that really pushes it up to the nine where like i said had things been different without the delay i i feel like they really would have been able to have the time and the freedom to do more things that they might have planned on doing and who knows if they maybe would have played some of those even additional extra songs from that danny clinch photo that would mean that would have been amazing right uh so yeah i i'll give it a nine i I mean i think it's definitely worthy but like we said the the non-set aspect of this entire experience it I mean, made the whole weekend it was just yeah. uh, i mean I, I just unbelievable really just even, <laughs> even the pj20 like the good and PJ the bad 20 kind of pales in comparison at some points uh and, it, and it's not it's not due to anything it's just kind of you know alpine valley is great and all that but 
it's it's just it's Wrigley Field, man. Mm-hmm. It's the Cubs. It's 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 part of it's part of history. It's it's you know it's ingrained into America. Like that's that place is one of like the top ten or top twenty greatest landmarks in American history. Like I, maybe you can argue me on that, but it has to be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, especially in sports, I think it's it's undoubtedly number one, the number one best uh, or like most sacred either I mean, out of all the arenas or, or the you know, maybe maybe MSG comes kind of close. But I, just because it's it's 100 years, man, it's been up for so long and it's it's the Ivy and it's seen so much. It history. is a legendary place. It is a yeah, there. Like we said earlier, there's a mystique around it and. Mm-hmm. Having been able to see them there, it was uh, – it really was like a lifelong memory. I, like if I keep saying for better or worse with all the good things and the bad things with the de- you know the delay and everything. It's just – everything put together, it's like so memorable. You'll never forget it. it. Nothing like that will ever happen again where it was that impactful and memorable really. I really feel that way. So after all John, that, I'm, you're not gonna I'm you're curious. not gonna bump it up to a ten after all that. Well, that the, well that part is easily a ten. That's what I'm saying. The non set stuff, I'm gonna give it whatever the highest rating you can give it, just because it was so impactful and memorable. But like like you said, I think you have to kind of go in two different directions. I think the set part needs to be separated from the non musical aspect and the more of the quote unquote experience part. You know. Okay. Uh, so once again, it falls to me to redeem this for the people. <laughs> I will get I will off your high horse. I will absolutely give this a ten. Like I don't think it's fair to judge based on the songs that didn't get played because you just have to kind of go with what was played. There's nothing they could do about about what happened. But it's it's so interesting to me. I love doing these shows that kind of define an era, and this kind of defined was the beginning of the current era of Pearl Jam that we're in. And who knows if you know, we're, we're probably, we're going to start a new era now that we have a new record and there's going to be a new tour and all this other stuff going on is going to make it even, even more, uh, impactful. And the first show back will be just like this show. It'll be very intense and very emotional for people. But this show was the beginning of the lightning bolt era and the beginning of the kind of the stadium era of Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that can be discounted how important this was for, for them as a band going forward. And, 2014 2015 2016 2018 um so yeah i absolutely give this a give this a 10 out of 10 cool nice hey i mean again not much more that we can say on this that we haven't said it's an absolutely legendary show in their history it's got everything that you can imagine from you know the outside and weather uh situations to just them going back in the set list and doing things that, you know, uh, meant a lot to them and, and brought back some of their history. There's, it was a perfect storm of no pun intended, but, um, <laughs> a perfect storm of, of thing, of things to just, you know, create recipe, the recipe of the perfect Pearl Jam day, you know, more than a, just the show. So, all right. Um, why don't we close this out now? I I can jump back in as the host, I suppose. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this this is great. Great way to kick off uh, the Wrigley month. And obviously, we, we got a lot more work to do. We got four more shows. And, and boy, does it, it get 
it gets so much i don't want to say better but uh it does get better it keeps you know they they keep raising the bar and man like those 2016 shows are going to be a lot of fun to cover because we're going to go back and look at uh let's play two as well and some of the stuff from that because it again just takes all of what that week was and puts it into one uh, microscope and perspective. So uh, we'll be back doing that next week. Obviously, night one is going to come before night two, and we're going to have John Evans on the day before. And uh, yeah, just the the content will keep on churning, especially over at Patreon. We did the Bridge School episode. Immortality is coming out probably tomorrow. So uh, patreon.com slash live on four legs. And yes, if we hit 50 in July, which I'm really hoping for, everybody that's a patron will get a special gift from us and it's going to be awesome and you're going to really appreciate it so uh think of the children please think of the children uh head on over to patreon and and consider uh sending a donation to us but uh chris buckley thank you for coming on uh, thank it you is always grace yeah, when, of course uh, yeah, I went a long time to do this show with and... you guys, so this was this was a, lo- a long time I know. coming. Yet, but uh, I know, and I like to see you suffer, and I like to see yeah. you beg for it a little bit. So little you know, we <laughs> we we got there though, and and uh, uh, hopefully you can come back on again to do another show real soon. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you guys. Yeah. So this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways. I miss you already, and I miss you always. For Randy John Buckley and the original Wrigley Field show from 2013 with all that we just said all tied in one bow, we put a wrap on this, and we'll see you next week for another installment of another Wrigley show. How did Ed know that the Cubs are going to win it in three years? Well, you all know, I always say it's a beautiful day, let's play two. So I'm so happy to see all of you here at my house. Like you, I love this place. This is the most beautiful place in my life. I love it. I can stay here and sleep here. Now, Eddie know this place real well. He came here when he was five years old. This is his glove that he bought when he was five years old. And I'm keeping it and taking it with me. I'm taking it with me because I want to keep it. But I appreciate all of you coming here to my house tonight and staying and spending some time. Thank you.